You are listening to WHOA Podcast, coming to you from Gainesville, Florida. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the WHOA GNV Podcast, the coronavirus sessions, where our temporary mission is to save as many businesses and jobs as possible by sharing how your fellow business owners and professionals are navigating the impact of COVID-19. I am your host, Colin Austin, and my co-host is Michael Dees. Mike, how are you? Dude, we're we're two months into this and we're still having like the growing pains of technology and everything. It's 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 crazy. I don't know if it's ever gonna get easier, but I think we got it on lockdown now. <laughs> but it's fine. Go go restart the modem. Go restart the router. Kick, kick the kids off the homeschool, the off the tablets. <laughs> oh man, the amount of uh, headache for all of our listeners that the amount of headache we just went through to try to get this episode actually going was a uh, was quite a you know it it was big. <laughs> but it's all worth it because it's going to be a great episode. Yeah, man. Let's go ahead and take some sponsors before we get into it, though. Absolutely. Once again, we have our boy, Kyle. Kyle over at Leonardo's Millhopper. Uh, he's got you hooked up for dinner tonight. They have some amazing early week specials like Manicotti Mondays, Lasagna Tuesdays, Chicken Parm Wednesdays. I know this doesn't say Colin is the best Thursdays. It does. But and of course, the greatest pizza pies and garlic knots ever. Uh, you can connect with them on Facebook at Leonardo's Millhopper or on the new GNB Eats Facebook page for all the promotions and updates. And do us a favor right now, DM Kyle on Instagram at Leo's Millhopper. Uh, it's also called L-E-O-S-M-I-L-L-H-O-P-P-E-R at Leo's Millhopper and tell him thank you for sponsoring our show. Yeah, you didn't, you didn't like my con is the best Thursday. Uh, I was like, I don't even know if I'm going to read that. Maybe I'll say Mike is the best Thursday. I was, hoping, I was hoping you wouldn't have read the script prior and that you would just like, uh, read it. No, uh, you know me better than that. I threw that, I threw that in there. Colin is the best uh, Thursdays. And you guys, we also have to thank a longtime sponsor throughout these coronavirus sessions. He's been really, really good to us. Gainesville native Matt Houchins of Houchins Consulting. Matt is an SEO genius working with brands on a local and national level. You guys, those are my words, not his. I put those in there. Uh, he will make sure that you show up in those search engines and when people search for, and when people search for your product or service, mention the WHOA GNV podcast and Matt will hook you up with a free Google My Business audit and update. You can connect with Matt at 352-562-0310 or at gnvseo.com. And we just found out that Matt works over at Infinite Energy. And today we have Darren Cook of Infinite Energy on our show. Darren, how are you, man? I'm well. I'm well. How about yourself? I'm excellent. So you want to you wanna say a couple words about Matt on the show since he's a sponsor? <laughs> I don't know if he'd like those. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, he, he does a great job for us in the marketing. He, he, he keeps our name number one on the list uh, when you do our search. So uh, uh, he knows what he's doing in that area. Uh, he handles all of our um, online media. So it's Evidential good. proof. <laughs> there you go. So hire Matt, you guys. Well, um, yeah, just mad, mad love to those sponsors. Thanks for y'all's support. And Darren, I'm, I'm excited to get into this. Um, you guys, we've had Darren on the show before for one of our studio sessions, and it, it was just awesome. Uh, I really enjoyed that time. But, you know, to, to really kind of dive into this new territory, if you will, of all this stuff going on with coronavirus and, you know, it's it's been impacting us now for, for you know, for a couple months, going on close to three months by the time this airs. So, um 
you know, Darren, like you guys have a larger organization than some of the businesses that we've talked to, um, multiple team members. You guys have over 300 team members, if I recall correctly. That's correct. And so I'm really interested to see how you guys have navigated this thing. I mean, when, when everything started going down with COVID-19, what were some of the first actions that you and Rich took as leaders of the organization? Well, um, fortunately, we have uh, a great team around Rich and I, but we started looking, um, I guess, at looking at, hey, are we going to have to, uh, we need to start getting ready uh, to work from home. We did that in uh, late February. We started looking at that, and then we st- uh, started mobilizing and testing the first uh, week of March to make sure that we could get people at home and working safely. Uh, this includes um, customer care reps, this includes uh, sales, all those people on the phone and how do we tie them all together? Well, we have, we fortunately had the technology to be able to do it, but we'd never done it before. And then I guess the um, second, uh, it was the second week of March when uh, I guess we had, we had planned on sending any, everybody home because the data was saying other countries are doing this, it's going to come here. And um, we were right. I mean, it just started really snowballing and within a week's time. But fortunately, we had a plan to get everybody home on the Friday. Um, uh, and then I think mon- by Monday or Tuesday, which is either the 15th or the 16th of March, we had everybody except for five people home. Uh, those five people are taking care of the buildings and getting the mail deliveries. So we have five people at work out of our 310 plus employees uh, they're obviously able to social distance uh, with only five, at, uh, you know, and over 50,000 square feet. So, <laughs> so I, I think they're fairly safe. Um, and, um, but the, the key was, it's not necessary. It was trying to distill what was really happening because um, we were being told one thing uh, by certain folks uh, in the government. Um, and, but we were seeing data that was showing something different. And so the real decision was how, you know, what do I trust more? And I'm always a data guy. My degree's in statistics. So um, I'm going to look more, and Rich is the same way. He's going to look more at the data. Um, And the data was telling us these countries are about a month ahead of us. What are they doing? We better be prepared to do what they're doing. And that's how we did it. We uh, basically had everyone working from home two and a half weeks before the state was closed by Governor DeSantis, which he closed. Uh, he issued the order on the third to closed on the fourth. Uh, so uh, we were very happy to be ahead of the curve. That's great. So I'm interested, like one of the first things you said was that you were picking up on this, you and Rich were in, in early February. Uh, I'd love to know what kind of, how, what it takes to get that kind of savvy. But, but in, in honesty, like there's a lot of businesses come on here and said, you know, they weren't sure whether to take it, you know, seriously or not, or, you know, was it just going to stay in the East but and not come over here and no one really knew how to maneuver. So was there something, you know, you mentioned the data, but was there something specifically that, that was a marker to you that, Hey, no, this is going to come and we've got to be prepared. I, I think I said the, um, towards the end of February, uh, is when we started making decisions, we're going to be having to work, uh, from home. Um, obviously we had, we were talking about it before then to make that decision at that point. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, the, we were just saying it, we were fortunate enough. Um, it wasn't anything prescient. It was more like these countries are going through this and here's what they're doing. And they're a month ahead of us. 
we knew that, you know, there's a lot of international flights. You're going to get it. We saw the cruise ships. Everyone saw those. It's like, so it just came to reason. I know we didn't have that many cases and especially early February, but by mid February, things were starting to become clear. And by, by um, the end of February, it was time for us to start taking some action. And that's when we started preparing ourselves to get, get to work for home, from home status. Uh, um, by mid-March was our goal. And that's, that's what we did. Yeah. So what's that look like there? it's like, all right, everybody, I need all 300 of you to pick up your computer and go home. <laughs> you know, that's, like, uh, that's sort of how it did. We, a lot of our uh, folks um, have laptops, which is great. Uh, so we were able to do that. We, our IT department was phenomenal. And this was all a process. See, when you prepare for something, if you don't have to do it overnight, it's a lot easier process. They had little kits and bo- uh, uh, put the computers in the boxes for them, had instruction manual for each person. So, and the instructions were very clear. And they tested all of this um, prior to us doing it with the whole workforce. We, we tested on five to 10 initially, said, hey, you're going to work, you know, guinea pig for us. Let's get all the kinks worked out. So as long as you are able to do something in a methodical and, and test it, it went off much better. In fact, but they sclo- uh, DeSantis closed the schools, I think, on the Friday, which we were already starting to transition people on Friday. And Monday, the 15th or 16th, I can't remember the date, but somewhere in there, um, we, had to, we had to make sure we got everybody that had um, uh, children in school, make sure they were able to work from home. So our IT department uh, worked over the weekend, made sure you know, everyone got set up, had all those kits ready, all the boxes ready, packed them up for them. They took them home, hooked up, and we had very, very few problems, uh, quite frankly. We only had a couple of problems, like uh, one of our employees lives in Old Town, and it's out in the boondocks, so the internet isn't as good. Um, so we, we, had, we had a couple of problems, but nothing major. I was, it was phenomenal. But it's all because we prepared for it, as opposed to saying, uh-oh, the schools are closing tomorrow. We've got to get everybody home. If we hadn't done that work prior, that would have been chaos. Yeah, no, for sure. I couldn't even imagine that going down. <laughs> uh, so how about, how about from like a communication standpoint? I mean, how have you guys adapted? Like, what were you guys doing before? Like, what was your primary way of getting information to 300 plus team members? And then how has that changed, you know, amidst this virus? Well, I always believe in several modes of communication because uh, it takes it takes redundancy quite frankly, and, and, and touching on different areas of the brain for people to actually absorb um, a study show that. So we do a once a month town hall and um, we go over our priorities, et cetera. This is prior to the COVID. And then we also send out um, emails with, uh, you know, where we're at or what, what, you know, they, everyone has access to the slide presentation. Everyone has access to the, um, to the actual video if they didn't get a chance to watch it. Um, but we always follow up with written form at some point or other. Um, but now uh, with COVID, um, what's changed is uh, we do what we call fireside chats every Friday. And they're only about a half hour long and we're, we're giving latest updates, what our company is doing to respond to it. Um, 
and then we take a lot of questions and we get uh, a lot of questions uh, that, that are interesting, like what are we what are we reading? What shows are we watching? You know, we get those too. Uh, our cats will make their appearance on occasion. Everyone seems to love that. Um, but uh, but in general, it's uh, I think the company is appreciative, or at least the employees seem to be appreciative of the of the transparency um, that we give them. Uh, well, the shows- last one. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Colin. <laughs> that just made me. That just made me super curious. I'm just wondering what shows you're watching now. <laughs> <laughs> I I really like the series. I'm a science fiction nut, so I really like the series uh, Altered Carbon. That was really good. Um, it's where you can sort of store your store yourself on a disc and get just popped into a new body if you want to. It's sort of neat. <laughs> okay. There you go. <clears throat> yeah, that was a cool. That was a cool show. Um, Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm gonna let Mike get a question in here in a minute. <laughs> but one of the things, one of the things that uh, that I'm kind of curious about is, um, am I slowing down here? There's people getting used to working remote right now. Yep. And you know, we've kind of talked about on a couple of previous episodes this expectancy, you know, like, do you, do you you think that people are going to get used to this lifestyle and not want to go back to your buildings and and, and want more, you know, what more remote lifestyle? Um, and, and if so, like, how do you, how do you think you guys will navigate that? Um, has that even been a, a, a topic between you and Rich and some of the other leadership at all? Well, it's not just been a topic with the leadership. It's been a topic with the employees at our fireside chats. Um, What this has done is it's actually given us an opportunity. Oddly enough, um, you would think that our uh, performance levels would have gone down, but they've stayed the same. Now, it doesn't mean that we want everybody. I think from an operational day-to-day standpoint, we're doing great. In the long term, I... I think we still need um, uh, we still need uh, the majority of our workforce at at, at one place um, because of the collaboration and the innovation that can come from that collaboration. Um, not to mention, um, there's a lot of uh, for a lot of people, there's anxiety at staying at home. Um, you know, it's just uh, it's just out of the norm, I guess. And a lot of folks are extroverted; they need that social um, interaction. But what it's given to us is the opportunity to experiment uh, in the sense of can we can we do this from anywhere is my workforce now limited to only Gainesville or can I hire anywhere in the world now because we're doing this Um, so it's I'm always one for options because I think options give you doesn't mean you always have to exercise it but what it does do is it gives you more probabilities and you can build off those probabilities towards innovation. So that's this is something exciting to me in that regard at how well this has worked out because now I'm like, gosh, I'm not scared to hire somebody in Colorado now um, as long as I can. And uh, we might be able to experiment and see at some point when we start hiring. We do have a hiring freeze going on right now. But at some point when we start hiring again, how well do we onboard them and how well do they accept our culture? So if if we, if we can learn the knack of that, wow, the whole world is our oyster, so to speak. We can choose uh, anywhere. So I don't think that we would want everyone working from home um, uh, 100% in the long term. But 
it's given us the opportunity, and we made this announcement on Friday, um, Colin, it's given us the opportunity to be very conservative uh, when it comes to putting people back to work at the buildings. We made the decision to not open, um, not not go back to work, um, have everyone working from home until at least at least September one, because safety is our primary motivator in that. I do not, and, and think about it. We're, if we went back to work, we'd have to have them in masks, socially distant, all this weird stuff that people aren't used to. I mean, when they can just work at home and be safe, a hundred percent safe. You know, it's up to their own um, habits as opposed to coming to work and, and possibly catching something or catching something they might be okay, but giving it to somebody who's at risk. That's the real danger, right? So it's like, um, I love that we had that option and we took it. We took that option. So we're staying, we're staying at home until at least September 1. Dang. Wow. I know other businesses don't necessarily have that option. We are fortunate. And that's the thing. It's like, we do. So why would we want to go back to work um, at the, at the workplace? Why am I going to put anybody in danger until, and it gives us also the ability to see what are best practices for going back to work. Um, You know, is it safe? Are we going to have a second wave? So we, there's just a whole litany of reasons. And then we can lean into this, um, this process of stay at home and see what kind of innovations we can come up with because we are at home as I was talking about earlier. So it's sort of a a cool, uh, a cool experiment. One, the one good thing that's came out of this um, in our eyes. So I'm curious because like, as we look around and talk to people and friends and family, you know, consumers have been affected by this a lot in their personal finances or jobs. A lot of people are calling to subscription companies and stuff and, you know, asking for deferrals or extensions or waived interest and all that kind of stuff. Has there been an influx of calls to your customer care center? I would say actually we have less calls in general overall. Um, It's a little more silent, but there have been calls like that. Uh, our biggest fear uh, coming into this was um, what we call bad debt, meaning people not paying their bills, not even calling us, just not paying. Um, we also had um, both of the uh, people, utilities we work with for supplying either electricity or natural gas put a freeze on turning folks off, and rightfully so. Uh, so we can't, we, they could still use our product, but still not pay us, right? So um, that's our, that was our bigger, biggest, uh, uh, biggest fear, um, was, uh, running up the bad debt so that it could really hurt us. Uh, we were very fortunate, um, uh, that we were able to get, a uh, the, the PPP loan, um, so that that could shore up our employee side and make us a little less concerned. Uh, well, we're still concerned about the bad debt, but it definitely gave us more comfort being able to get that because this year is not going to be a good year for us. Uh, it's not probably going to be a good year for most, uh, most businesses, but, but that helped us. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that, that was our biggest concern. We had some real doomsday possible scenarios that could have come out. It's gone uh, better than we expected, but still it's really nice to be able to lean on that PPP loan. So I'm, I'm curious if you can maybe then provide me some insight. I'd say one of my, my personal grievances as I've navigated this is whether I'm calling a bank or a cable company or something to try to get some information. Um, it, it seems like there's a constant, like a, a runaround from the call center. The call center doesn't exist anymore. Everything goes to automation. They route you back to a website or to an app mm-hmm. and then there's insufficient information there. 
and it's, it's hard to get to an actual human. And then I was uh, visiting family for Mother's Day weekend. And, um, you know, I found out from an employee that that works on a cable company. I won't say which one, but like he said, all their call center actually went home and that's why. And that's what ours so, did. Okay. So that's what I'm saying. So it's, it's easy to get frustrated from a consumer side, but I'm curious if you could, you know, provide some insight on, on those decisions. And, and I, I, I believe in you that you made it easier for the consumer. You're not sending them on a runaround, but just some insight onto what those processes are like and how they've changed. Sure. Well, one of the things we pride ourselves on is our unparalleled customer uh, experience. We actually have that in our, our mission statement and we make good on it. If you look us up on Google and look at our rating, it's 4.9 and over a thousand reviews. So that's pretty dang good. Um, so when customers call us, we give them information. We've been helping our businesses too with making sure that they have the access to the, the places to go for a PP load and all that stuff. Um, so they don't get a runaround. We tell them, you know, we work out payment arrangements if they need to. They also, like I said, they don't necessarily have to have to pay pay us right off the bat anyway because some of the um, some of the utilities uh, we're not allowed to turn them off because um, we are an essential service. So um, so uh, when you call when you call you get a real person, uh, whether it's from a customer care or from uh, you know when we do our sales too. You know, it's like they're, they're that's live people from home doing sales. That's what's so interesting is we had the technology to be able to do that. And the companies you're talking about obviously didn't. So they've, they've had to rely on this automation and gosh, that got, that, that's got to be frustrating because you're not getting what you want. Whereas at least you're talking to somebody, they can help you through the problems. We have not gone down in our ratings at all. So uh, obviously customers have problems. We're there to help and we do what we can. Absolutely. I think time will tell whether they take a, a hit and ratings, like you said, you know, people that are at home and feel like they haven't been given a lifeline or, you know, they've gotten increasingly frustrated and may think about sending their services elsewhere. I mean, time will tell, but I, you know, from the little run-ins that I've had, just stuff I've heard from other friends and family, there's been some, some nightmare scenarios, just not, not even being able to get to a real person to talk to with some of these, you know, big banks, big utilities, that kind of thing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. Uh, we got really ahead of the curve, Last year, when we were able to put everything into the cloud, we got like 98% of our stuff in the cloud. And what that allowed us to do was buy um, a new phone uh, software system that you can plug in at home. Uh, we didn't know we were going to need it, <laughs> need right. that capability, right? But that was part of what we looked at was, hey, what if we want remote work, et cetera? Well, Lo and behold, you know, we got that installed and, and, and working in August, I think, of last year. Um, if we didn't have that, we wouldn't have been able to do what we're doing now. If, with our old phone system, there's no way we could have sent all our, our customer reps um, our customer reps home. So I'm just fortunate that we were able to get that done last year. And um, it set us up to be able to do the transfer this year, which went very smoothly, as I said. But it took a lot of planning. Um, so. Uh, we're just we're just very fortunate that that we were doing that. So let me shift these gears just a little bit because I uh, I have to imagine you know when I started thinking of larger organizations you know you get a few hundred people um, you know and something like this happens you know I have to think that as a team member you're kind of like almost you almost go into a, a place where you start looking at the pecking order and you start wondering if you're 
where you're at? Are you on the bottom? You start worrying about things like layoffs. Like, is this, is this going to happen to me? I mean, <clears throat> you know, was there any, was there any uh, discussion of that? Was there any upfront communication to your team um, to alleviate any of the worry uh, that, that could possibly come with uh, this virus and not knowing the impact that it could have? Well, I won't say if, I don't know if it alleviated the worry. We were honest, meaning in our first fireside chat, we talked about, look, right now, all we're doing is a hiring freeze. But if things get worse, we, we might not be able to do the match on the 401k. If things get worse, we might have to furlough some people. If things get worse from a bad debt perspective, these are the things. We're going to do everything we can to keep you. But if we can't, you know, we're being honest, these are the things. So our first, uh, first goal was, hey, help us save money. Help us um, get through this we had each manager and their group come up with um, ideas to help that could help the company manage through this in a more efficient way. So they had some control over the situation to keep us viable. So that's, that's how we did it. We, we didn't sugarcoat it in the sense that we wanted to see what happened. We wanted them to be the prepared for the worst case scenario where it didn't come out of the blue, but we had a very step like process, much like the way we, um, we, practice before we went to everyone at home where we we had a very methodical process well here's what we're going to do first here's what we're going to do next here's what we're going to do if if these things happen um, so everyone's prepared they know they know the possibilities and we update them every week as to where we are and fortunately um, we haven't had to do that and like I said with the uh, with the PPP loan I think we're going to be fine for quite a while now so uh, none of the more what I would call draconian measures uh, will have to be taken at this time. So, um, uh, but I, I want to make sure everyone knew that, look, you know, if we're not around after this, then no one has a job. So, you know, if we do have to take these, these sort of steps we'll do to, to take them. Yeah. Which I know is something that I've talked to you about before. Yep. <laughs> uh, because I, I mean, I, I, you know, Darren's a mentor of mine, you guys. And like I told him uh, in some private conversation, I was like, look, like I've never been in a position where that might actually be a consideration for the first time. Right. Like having to lay somebody off and, um, and, you know, being a heartfelt leader, like I could definitely see myself sinking the ship by trying to save everybody. And so, so I don't know, it's just always interesting conversation. I always appreciate your perspective on, on things like that. And I knew, and you guys, you guys do such a good job with, you know, with the, the company culture that you've built and really kind of creating that trust. So, uh, <laughs> Julius cat makes bomb. his appearance. <laughs> Julius, Julius, the cat makes his appearance on the show. <laughs> <That's Yeah. awesome. laughs> Um, so we have to wrap up in just a couple minutes. It always goes super fast. Uh, That's going to be the favorite part of this show, by the way. It will. <laughs> no doubt. Anytime you have cats or animals joining the show. Yep. He's like, in my lap right now. You can't see him, but <laughs> that's where he likes to be. <laughs> um, I'm going to let Mike get the last question in. So, but before I do, I'm going to ask my final question. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, the, you know, it's, it's so interesting when, when something like this happens, right? Like at the beginning of 2020, there were so many business owners that had, 
you know, created, created goals. You know, I think I actually learned the term BHAG from Rich Blazer, your, you know, your partner there. So like, you know, big, hairy, audacious goal. Like that's been something that's been ingrained in me. And I, and I'm, and I know that I kind of got that from him, which I think came from good to great, maybe. Yep. Which uh, you'll be reading if I'm not mistaken. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, I've, I've read, I've read it before, but I think the first yep. time I heard it was from Rich. Um, but like, you know, anyway, we started the year, we had all these major goals and then in an instant, you know, this thing happens. It seems like all goals, at least, at least for me, it was like, all right, guys, remember that record year we were going for like let's just let's just like hope that we survive our goal yeah. is to our goal is to survive now mm -hmm. um, just really kind of interested in what that looks like for your organ organization did you guys have some goals set up you know set for the year um you know how did those goals change uh you know and and really just from a goal setting standpoint i'm just kind of curious i'm just kind of interested into how you guys you know, discuss that as an organization? Well, um, we've always had the goal of a certain amount of customers by X, but we'd, we'd been um, pivoting recently to really focus on innovation. Oddly enough, that's been our, and in the past couple of years, we've been doing a really good job of it, but we're even looking at changing uh, perhaps uh, some, some aspects of our mission statement. I, it includes innovation now, if I'm not mistaken. And then, uh, uh, but, but, but how do we how do we infiltrate that through the company? Um, and adversity uh, always gives opportunity for innovation. And and as I said, we're le sort of leaning into it now with the stay at home stuff. Um, so as far as goals go, yeah, if you were to list, okay, what you know what we want to do from a monetary standpoint. Or uh, sorry, uh, he just jumped off me, so caused my uh, headset to <laughs> get a little mix messed up. But 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 really our whole focus this year was on innovation. So it really didn't change that overall focus at all. In fact, it may have enhanced it because it's forced us to do something we've never done before. That's good. I feel like you make a lot of the right calls just in time. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know why. Like, what, what, sometimes it's better to be lucky than good, right? Maybe. Like, like what crystal ball are you hiding from us? Yeah, tell you what. <laughs> all right, but I'll, I'll go for the last one. My question to you is, is what's, what's been the biggest change for you as you've adapted to this personally? And maybe even for Julius, how has he adapted to you being <laughs> at home all the time? Well, <laughs> Julius, um, I don't think he, he, he was really happy when we first started coming home, but I think he gets, he's getting tired of us because I think we're intruding on his sleep time. Uh, so he goes back, we have a little library section. He likes to lay up on top of a bookshelf um, so he's been doing that a lot more than, pro well, he probably always did that because we'd come home and he'd be up there. But I think, he, you know, when we were home on the weekends, it was like, oh, you're home. I'm going to stay up. It's like staying up late for a kid. Uh, but now it's more for him, like, gosh, I'm tired of you guys. I need to go into my library and relax. So it's like, <laughs> Julius, Julius will be counting down to September 1st for you. That's guys. right. <laughs> that, that'll be all happy when it's a weekend again and he'll hang out with us a lot more. But right. no, he's a good cat. He loves, he loves us a lot. He loves he loves staying actually by us a lot of times when we're working. Um, he's sort of in an active mode at the moment as he just jumped up again, see his tail. <laughs> <laughs> but, but as far as me goes, um, my gosh, uh, I, I'm getting used to it. It's tough cause I'm much more of a walk around manager. Uh, 
you know, I just like to walk and see what's going on at the company and talk to folks. So now I'm having to actually schedule the calls and, and more formally and make sure that I'm, I'm, I'm getting around, so to speak, that way, uh, as opposed to just, um, just doing that. Um, but uh, we're doing things like Zoom meetings like this, you know, we've, we've done outside the company Zoom happy hours, uh, you know, things like that. So it's just a, it's a rather big adjustment. I miss seeing my friends. I miss seeing my parents because my mother lives in town. I'll go over there. We both have to wear a mask and I'll stay on the six feet away from the door. You know, she wants to give me some food or something, but she's, you know, um, you know, she's over 75. So she's an at-risk person. So I don't, the last thing in the world I want to do is infect her, you know, because you have to assume you have it, even if you don't, but because of, some people can be asymmetric. So you got to be I'm super careful on things like that. Um, just like with the company, it's like uh, uh, it's always safety, safety first in this kind of kind of situation, in my opinion. So um, so I've had to adjust, uh, you know, I've watched a little more TV than probably normal. I've also started writing a book. Um, so uh, I'm happy about that. It's on leadership and decision making, oddly enough. So there you go. <laughs> so. It's going to be a must read. Maybe we can pick up some uh, savvy tips from you on how to prognosticate uh, <laughs> the world around us. <laughs> We've got a great team. It's not just me. I mean, all the input from all those folks made all of this prognostication possible. Uh, all I do is get their perspectives and make a decision. So it's like, but they're bringing their perspectives to me. So um, we've got a really tight team that way to me and Rich. So. Yeah. This has been awesome, man. Thanks. Thanks so much for your time. I like, seriously, I could, I could, anytime I have the opportunity to pick Darren's brain, I could go for hours. I <laughs> <laughs> so like, try to like pick, pick some questions for a 30 minute podcast is actually very challenging for me to do. Um, but I always appreciate your perspective and love, love, you know, hearing what's going on and how you guys are navigating things and, um, somebody that I aspire to be like, so, so. Uh. You got you guys are wonderful, man, and I, you're doing a great public service. I really appreciate these shows. I'm sure you know there's a lot of anxiety out there, and shows like this, uh, I think, help people. So thank you for what you guys are doing, both of you, both you and Mike. So it's um, I think this is really, really timely and very, uh, very good for the community. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for that. Uh, and I would I would say I'll tell our audience just like kind of going off that like if you have any questions uh, or anything that you've seen or heard or, like that you would like to get feedback on or ask a question like send feel free to send us questions. I know I feel like a lot of the questions that we've asked through this series, if you will, have been very similar in nature. It's been very much like how have you been impacted? How have sales been impacted? How have your cats been impacted? <laughs> you know, it's, been, it's been a lot of the same stuff but like if there's if there's you know anything that's been on a specific you know person's mind that who's listened um and would like to ask uh, would like us to ask that question to one of our guests then please feel free to you know send it to us probably easiest way is instagram at whoa gnv just via direct messenger and we can definitely get that answered but darren thanks again my friend i really appreciate it and uh you know look forward to seeing seeing how you guys navigate this what sticks after this is all over what doesn't and it's good it, that's going to be the interesting part for you know for real right mike is kind of saying like a year from now looking back to this moment being like man what's stuck yeah 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 and I, i'm really curious to see 
everything's going to change to some degree, I think. And um, those companies that lean into this, I think are going to be uh, have an edge. Let me put it that way. I agree. Yep. Well, there you go. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. This is the WHOA GNV podcast, the podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go, whoa. Oh, hey. We'll see you later. Bye.